What is up, everybody? Welcome to this Talk To Me special, episode 24, the 12-volt negative earth, where did all the sunshine go, CD playthrough. I have interviews with members of the band from the time and a special, special guest interview in the middle there. I got to talk to Jason, Cody, and Trey for this. Uh, Rico has fallen off the planet, so if anybody's seen him, please uh, let us know where he is and make sure we know he is safe. But uh, this one goes out to Richie. Sorry you couldn't be on the podcast. We'll do something in the in the uh, future. But taking his place as a special guest, and once you get there, you will find out who it is. He's a regular on the podcast. I just got to say thanks to everyone who's tuning in today. Uh, obviously, this is a special edition of the Talk To Me podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar with this album, give it a couple of listens. See what you think of these songs. Let me know at Talk To Me Talk on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Talk To Me Talk, or you can email me at Talk To Me Talk at gmail.com. You know, this is a 16 year old CD put out by some dudes in Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, you know, if you listen to it and you love it, let me know. And hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast to all my listeners out there that uh, may not know where I came from. This was definitely a fun period of my life. Uh, you know, I go into it with uh, every member of the band at the time. And uh, it was a dream for me to join this band. I loved the band growing up. Uh, there was a pre-band to 12 Volt Negative Earth called Adrenaline Hammer. Uh, we had this cassette demo that I wore out, uh, you know, that I listened to all the time, loved the band, and, and uh, you know, eventually got to join the band. We changed the name to 12 Volt Negative Earth, put out this album a few years later, and it was a great time period in all of our lives, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the enjoy the podcast. I put it out there on Facebook to ask uh, people to write in kind of their opinions of the album and, uh, you know, uh, a little bit of uh, memories of what was going on at the time. So i got a couple responses and would like to read those now. First up, we've got uh, Benjamin Ross. Uh, he writes, Held in high regard, this album is a staple to the Nashville music scene, and it was an honor growing up with this. Being scene mates, sharing the stage at such venues as 328 Performance Hall, and eventually finding myself joining 12 Volt for the final Heroes Defeated tour in 2005. It was a short run, but rewarding to play these songs with their creators. My brothers Rico and Barton really set the bar. And then one of my favorites here is uh, Michael Conquest writes, What a killer record. Arguably the best, or at the very least, one of the best metal albums put out in Nashville by a local band. Every song was great, the lyrics were well written, the riffs and grooves were there, man. Just overall, an awesome album. The standard, I would say, for the local music scene at the time. This album could be put out today and would be just as relevant and just as well received, in my opinion. I could break it down even further, but I digress. Not everyone believes to me to be the amazing music critic that I believe myself to be. Many great bands and great albums during this time period for sure, this album has maintained its relevance for me. Some cool words, man. Thank you, Michael. And then lastly, digging up, uh, going through the old 12-volt files, trying to find some stuff for the podcast, I came across this great article written in the Tennessean uh, roughly after the time we uh, put the album out. But uh, this was written by Rick DeAmpert of the Tennessean back in the day. With the exception of the new kid on the drums, Richie Kohler, 12-Volt Negative Earth has been bringing tightly wrought, energetic music to the local scene for three years. 
Most recently, the band celebrated its release of the CD Where Did All the Sunshine Go? with an IndyNet performance of such high attendance that people were turned away because of the potential fire code violations. As is typical of their fun-pumped live shows, 12 Volt appreciatively interacted with the crowd, who responded by moshing, jumping around, and enthusiastically screaming for more. No, this is not an angry metal band. The emphasis is on well-crafted music with enough power and attitude to knock you off your couch. The CD, which was recorded almost live, is true to the live sound and allows you to almost pick out the surprisingly emotional lyrics and natural growls of vocalist Jason Carroll. Jason, the newlywed Richie, Toomey on bass, and Trey Suter and Cody McCall with their wall of guitar sound are 12-volt negative earth. Though they have often been compared to Korn, I would say their more apt description is old-school Black Sabbath with 90s technology. Always independently promoted, you have only one more chance to catch 12-volt negative earth before they launch into a self-organized tour. So yeah, that came from the Tennessean back in 1999. So yeah, this album was released March 27th, 1999. Uh, the album Where Did All the Sunshine Go? And this is the first track of Where Did All the Sunshine Go?
I take a look around Looking up like tears What I've done and what I could have had Could have stayed the same I could have changed Could have turned around Still I feel I need more time Don't worry So please Don't cry Please Don't ask why Can I cannot believe this Why can't you die Could you leave me alone Inside my my thoughts into your embrace Let's stop and take a look around Looking up like see is what I've done and what I could have had Could have been the same, I could have changed Could have turned around, still I felt I need more time Don't worry, I So, please, don't cry Please, don't ask why I can't believe this Why can't you die? Could leave me alone inside my
right, we got Jason Carroll on the line here. We're talking some 12 volt negative earth. Where did all the sunshine go? We just heard the song "Where Did All the Sunshine Go" and "End of Nothing." Jason, what do you remember about writing those songs? I remember. Uh, you know what? Here, here's the thing. Okay. I'll let you guys. Here's the thing. I'll let you guys write the music, and and I didn't care much what you guys wrote. Well, I did, of course, care. But I knew you guys were going to write some awesome stuff and give it to me, and then I could write lyrics to it and 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 melodies. And then I would uh, let you guys wait for six months until I, until I, uh, <laughs> until I, you know, brought you something. You guys seem to be happy with everything that I that I that I brought. The one thing I remember with Where Did All the Sunshine Go itself, I think I remember in my head the verse riff was going to be like the chorus riff, and the chorus riff was going to be the verse riff, and then you came with the music or you came with the lyrics. And the melodies and all, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's what he's going to do with it." Right, okay. right. You know, stuff like that would always right. happen. I get a lot of that from uh, anybody that I've ever written with. Is like, okay, here's the song we have, and have in their mind what's going to be the verse, what's going to be the chorus, what's going to be the intro, what's going to be the outro, what's going to be the blah blah blah. And I just hear the song, and I just, and it's never what anybody expects. Right. Right. What do you remember? Do you remember much yeah. about recording? Where did all the sunshine go? I remember mostly the uh, Echo Room. Right. That, we, we did that at IndyNet, right? Yeah, the studio next door to IndyNet, whatever it was called. Yeah, I remember that room and just... And we needed the intro, and so they were just like, go in here, and like, I think uh, Richie ha, was uh, like banging on, I don't know, paint cans or something. Right. And I just, and I just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> boom. there you go there's an intro there we go yeah i think that that was heavily influenced i think like like the whole sepultura and soul fly stuff was coming out around then and like the big, right, big tribal right. you know where, where everybody <laughs> played drums in the band for right. you know for a jam song right yeah. right do you remember much about end of nothing i don't know i remember being really happy with that song with, with, yeah what i uh with what i came up with that was one of those that kind of had the big Life of Agony uh, influence on it. That was, yeah, I feel like the- yeah, it did. I I had back back then. When was that? Ninety ninety nine. Well, those songs are probably ninety. I mean, technically no, ninety six or something. Yeah, twenty years ago now. No, I don't. I don't. I just you know, like I said. I just remember being really happy with the song, the lyrics, and the way it came out. And uh, it, that was one of those songs that just flowed the whole way through. Right. You know what I'm saying? It didn't take a break. It didn't do anything. It just, like, flowed the whole way through. And that's what I liked a whole lot about that song. Do you remember much about, uh, like, any of the shows that we played around then? I'm trying to think I'm trying to think who we played with around then. Who we played with around then? Yeah, like some of the bands that we played with around around that time. Uh, was, was that the 36-hour uh, trip to play with Downset? <laughs> yeah, that was... Yeah, that was part of all that. That 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 stuff, that tour. God. That was we made thirty six dollars. <laughs> it's a dollar an hour, man. I I remember thirty six <laughs> Yeah. We uh we drove the uh thirty six and, and I hate long trips. I despise <laughs> despise long trips. And uh not to get off subject of the songs or anything, but like I just remember that that trip so well. 
waking up in the van that I'm already stuck to the seat in because it was uh, summertime, I believe. Yep. And I, I'm just stuck to the seat. You know, I peeled myself off the seat, wake up, and the engine is in the parking lot. <laughs> the engine is in the parking lot, and Cody and Drop D are, are just like, hey, what's up? Here's a piston, here's a, you know, cog and a, and a, and a screw and a, and a discombobulator. Right, I think yeah. that's one of our songs, too. Um, <laughs> but that, that's one of the... the, the one of my most vivid memories of of yeah those was... trips and tours. I know we're I know we're not talk not talking about that, but no, I mean we can talk about I like you know just for uh, the sake of it. I mean obviously I want to talk about the songs and then also talk a little bit about the time period and all that stuff too. So yeah. dude, this is a pivotal album in the history of new metal. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. You remember anything else from back then? In the, uh, I'm trying to think, who did we play with on this? Like, Nothing Face, Play Biscuit, and fucking... We played with a few Nothing Face shows, and then we do a Hate Breed, and... Yeah, we played with Hate Breed. It was, all, it, it was all at the, uh, not New Daisy, uh... Eighth Day? Thing. Yeah, I, I just, I just remember a lot of those shows, like, uh, playing with those, those bands, like Nothing Face, and... Hate Breed and, and 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 Rocky George, Rocky George's band. What, what were they called? Sam Sarah. You know from Suicidal. Yeah. Yeah, so. I remember. I, I I remember giving him a ride to the liquor store. <laughs> I didn't know. know. And then and then yeah no yeah dude I gave him a ride to the liquor store. Went to the liquor store, bought some booze, and then we came back and uh, played the show. And then I took him to the nudie bar. Yeah. Cause well well he wanted to and who might have fucking <laughs> who might have say no to Rocky George right you know oh that's awesome I never so, uh, yeah 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 we went to the the one of the nudie bars that was that was close to the X day I think it's uh, whatever the the classic uh, classic cat whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh man what a good time back then <laughs> that was great it was so much fun. That, that that that's memories that I have. I mean, there's so many more. Right. Uh, I just I just remember hanging out with Rocky, and because we're we're tight like that. Right. And uh, you know, I remember singing on Fred Durst's. Uh, is that how you say that Durst's? Yes. Fred Durst's uh, microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before we played for, right before Limp Bizkit came on after us and played for. Uh, probably 12, 13 people. Right. You know, at, at the exit end. That was a good time. That was a fun show. That was a great time. Great times. And, and of course, our Halloween shows were the best. Oh, the Halloween shows were always fun. Ha- Halloween shows were the best. The first one was the absolute uh, cat meow. But uh, the other ones kind of faded out a little bit. But the, the the first one when when we had to stick around and clean up the club afterwards, <laughs> we had right. to clean up pumpkin guts, pumpkin guts, and I don't know what else we had like whipped cream or something. Yeah, and super soakers, and yeah, and they're like, you know, your guys aren't guar. You guys, gotta, somebody's gonna clean this up, not us. Mm-hmm. So that's when you totally felt like a rock star when you play this awesome yeah. show, and then you. Picking up pumpkin guts. Yeah, I, re- I remember because I remember because uh, next year, the next year, I think we put down plastic. Yeah. 
we did like plastic uh, stuff so we wouldn't have to clean up so much. It was kind of a dud compared to the, the year before, but because uh, all we used was water. <laughs> yeah, I think I think when we when we went to the uh, turned into auto mechanics or whatever we were that last year it was pretty much right, 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 right. Yeah, we had the you know the, we did the Halloween shows, but then we also did like the awesome uh, Friday the Thirteenth shows. Like anytime there was a Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, that's uh, right. Those are always fun too. That's uh, three twenty eight. Yeah. 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 yeah those, Rest those in peace, were... three twenty eight. Pour a little bit out. Man, I, I drive have... through that all the time. <laughs> I drive through the where that used to be all the time. Come on, that's funny. No, I I got you. Like it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you laughing? No, I did. I'm smiling. It's just a, it's a podcast. You can't see my laughing. <laughs> All right, let's get in these next two right. songs we got coming up. We've got two songs coming up, Jason. One more time in a perfect world. And basically, I remember going back. Go ahead. With uh, with nah. one. Bah. Yeah, I was gonna say there's there's nothing left but me. No, that was when everybody heard that lyric. It was just like, oh my god. That was the that's the coolest that's, lyric that's we've one, ever heard. That's one of my most proud lyrics that I've that I've ever written. Yeah. And, and not not to toot my own uh, flute here, but I think I write a lot of good lyrics, and that's my favorite. That was definitely high praise for that one. Yeah, that's, that was always that was such a you know the first time we ever heard it. A lot of times we would get to the studio it was the first time we'd ever actually hear your what you had written, and then. Uh, you know, you get to that yeah, one part. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah. You're like, oh, that's what he's saying. Wow. You know, I think uh, the, the story with One More Time is we were actually practicing at, uh, at Poopy's house. <laughs> and uh, I guess everybody's late for practice. Imagine that. And uh, I jumped on the drums and, uh, you know, Poopy had the guitar and we were just like jamming out on riffs. And, like, you know, so it's one of the few songs I think ever I ever wrote while playing drums. And I was on the, in the corner <laughs> playing Donkey Kong. Right, Donkey Kong or <laughs> something fun. It was a fun. You have Cubert or Donkey Kong or something. something like that, man. Yeah, that was, that was fun times. But yeah, a couple of great songs coming up, and that's going to be final thoughts on uh, on the on the Where Did All the Sunshine Go album. You know, were were you happy with it when it finally you know came together? Do you look back on it fondly? <laughs> yeah, I was totally happy with it when it came out. But you know what? I listen to it now. I'm like, wow. This could have been. Uh, I don't want to be all shitty on it. Yeah. But, you know, it could have been better. It's 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 just just the way that the record goes these days. You know, I'm just like, I wish I could hear it the way shit's recorded now. Oh yeah, like you don't even know. Like there's so many mistakes. Like even like in I a per- wish I could hear it. Yeah. Not even not even for the mis- not even for uh you know let's fix this let's fix that just. The tones and stuff. The, the quality of the tones and the, everything. I wish I could hear it like that. Right. But there's something to be said about the way it, the way it sounds. Yeah. And to me, I think that's what makes it cool. Is it's it's not. Uh, it, it sounds uh, rustic and like you Raw. know off of a short wave radio kind of <laughs> thing. Right. Not that bad. Not that bad. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 It, it sounds it sounds um, uh, vintage. I guess. Vintage. Ooh, I like that. All right, Jason. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, for everyone out there listening, this next song is "One More Time," and then "A Perfect World." Oh yeah. You gonna play the next song one more time? Yeah, one one more time, just over and over. Mm-hmm. 
this weapon something mess I think up in my mind One more chance, just one more time I stop with one more life Stay the same, nothing changes Something so sincere No more chances, won't you get your bitch ass out of here I can not hear what things happen, what they see All the steeds will see them how I wish it be One thing, but it's getting harder every day Forget the fellow, we'll feel it more ready for it That's that one thing I want from me The only dying thing that's just to me And I keep it all deep inside yeah. I have to dream just like I was asleep Too much is gone, never left to me But I got to keep it true Love Nothing describes compromises All it was and I could never be Fighting slowly, slowly dying Much too fast for me Took no time within your life To see my biggest fear No more chance to Get your bitch ass out of here I can not hear what things are And what they see All of the seas will see Where I wish it be Nothing but it gets me Father every day Forget the better We'll fill up We'll let it go That's that one thing I want for me The only time thing that's just for me And I keep it all deep inside yeah. I have to drink just like I was free Too much is gone, never left for me But I just to keep it to
All right, everybody, we just heard A Perfect World on the Where Did All the Sunshine Go album, Remembrance by the members of 12 Volt Negative Earth. And on the line now, we have Mr. Cody McCall, guitarist, vocalist. <laughs> 12 Volt Negative Earth, what's up, Cody? What's up, man? Just got done rocking out some more you know, yeah. with, with the old 12 Volt guy, Trey Suter. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You guys have a band together, and we'll get into that. Yeah, in a man. All right, so so we just heard One More Time and A Perfect World. What do you remember from, you know, the writing and recording of One More Time? Man, you know, I think I saw you guys play One More Time before I was even in the band, and I think it was when we played Cannery uh, and I was in Skillethead, and I, I watched you guys come out, and uh, I don't even know if you were in the band yet. I think uh, this, the other guy was in the band playing bass. I remember uh, just watching you, watching... 12 volt play that song and i was just like man it's just it was super heavy and the stuff that i was doing it it, it wasn't even close to that you know i want i wanted to be playing more of the heavier stuff like you guys were at the time and i was like man that just that song just came in and just hit so hard live and trey you know jumping up in the air like he does 
I was like, man, that's awesome. That's so cool. So I, I was glad to, to finally get to play that song with 12 volt, you know, for the first time. Um, Perfect world. Oh boy. That one of my favorite endings to a song. I remember just kind of stumbling upon that riff at band practice one day in the, you know, our little storage unit thingy. Right. And I was like, man, that that's cool. And then Travis was doing the weird little hi hat or little ride thing. And I was like, man, that's, that's so cool. And it reminded me a lot of like Sepultura and stuff like that, you know, so and one, which is one of my big influences, Sepultura. But, but yeah, man, I love those songs. Those yeah. Great. The one thing we talked about with Jason on that was just like that, that whole, like uh, in a perfect world, there's nothing left but me. Like when he said that lyric, it was just like, Oh, that is like the most amazing lyric I've ever yep. heard in my life. Just when we all, yep. You know, because a lot of times yep. when we'd re- we would write those songs and then we would hear Jason at practice, but we were so loud at practice, you didn't really know what he was doing. You knew he was doing some exactly. cool stuff. And yeah, and he would always come in with the with the weirdest melodies. <laughs> yeah. You know, from when I'd write the song, I'd be like, "Man, where did that come from? That's awesome." <laughs> but that was that was part of the whole thing, you know. Right. No, that was definitely a fun time. You know, that was, uh, you know, we would always write all the music as a band and then he would come in and take it and then go away and come back. And yeah. a lot of yep. times what he'd I would think. There and, he'd sit there and stare at us all while we play <laughs> and just like maybe scribble something down. <laughs> yeah, he had a knack of, yeah. uh, you know, taking like I'm, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, this is the chorus riff and this is the verse riff and this is the pre-chorus. Yeah. And then you would get it back in the verse is the chorus and the chorus is the pre-chorus. Yeah, like and, what? Yeah, like, how, how does exactly. someone think like that? Yeah, he has definitely has yeah, a better yeah. brain than all of us. So, that was his style, man. You know, so we get the we get the uh, twelve volt negative birth. Uh, you know, finally after three years of uh, demoing and practicing and, and touring, we finally put out "Where Did All the Sunshine Go" in you know nineteen ninety nine. You know, were you happy when the album finally came out? Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, I was so glad to have some some final finished product and and all the ideas in my head that I couldn't pull off at practice, like certain little highlights and solos and stuff that it sounded great, uh, you know, at practice, but to put them all down with rhythm guitar tracks and, and like concentrate on the production of the music was, was uh, just so awesome for me to be able to hear that, the end result, you know what I mean? All together. So yeah, I was super stoked once we finally put that record out. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a you know crazy time. You know, we were, selling out IndyNet, you know, yeah. consistently and, yeah. you know, moving on to bigger venues like the Exit Inn and even playing like huge shows at 328. You know, it was yeah, a, man. It was a fun little phenomenon. The scene. The, scene, yeah. was, the scene was great back then. I mean, so many bands and so many different styles of bands playing together in one show, you know, that was yeah. what was so great about it. Yeah, that was always like, an eclectic lineup. That was almost like a staple of like the late 90s, you know, where you would have like a hardcore band with a with a ska band with a you know with yeah. a metal band and a you know punk band and, and you know no and everybody's going there just to have fun and listen to music it wasn't you know wasn't exactly it's was definitely a fun time yeah, what's uh what's a good memory that you have from uh touring off of this record oh man uh well we got i don't know if somebody else has talked about this particular show but there was a moment during the show that absolutely blew my mind and it was so awesome because when I was on stage and I saw it happen and I saw the reaction of the people, I was like, what is happening right now? And and it's not until I watched it back on videotape. I was like, that's like the coolest thing ever. It was so cool. But, uh, the first show of the tour, we, uh, played, I think it was Indianapolis and Trey jumps up in the air and then dislocates his knee and falls on the ground and, just feedback and everybody's like, Oh my God, what just happened? And we rush over and we're like, dude, are you okay? And he's rolling around 
screaming and the he gets up, brushes it off, and you know we get him a chair, and then he finishes the the show. So you know, a week or so later, we get called from Fred from Cinderella uh, to play a show with him in St. Louis at Pops in East St. Louis. Sorry, and uh, so Trey, you know, we played shows with Trey sitting in a chair pretty much up to that show because he couldn't stand, he couldn't walk. We had to go get him a, a wrap for his knee. You know, he's pretty much crippled for the first week or so of the tour. During, uh, I guess it was LCD, uh, when Trey plays his part, he plays it by himself, and we cut time, and, you know, we slow it down. And it's packed in there. The people are there to see Cinderella, so there's tons of people there. And Trey, for his part, stands up out of his chair and, like, hobbles up onto his one leg and stands and plays his part and the people went nuts. The people were going crazy, screaming. And I was like, "This is, this is amazing." <laughs> it was such a cool memory of tour. Oh, no, <laughs> I need a... to get a, I need to get that bounced down to DVD somehow so I can <laughs> watch that again. It was pretty funny. That's a highlight for me. Yeah, that's the one thing back then too. Is like we just had cam- video cameras just constantly rolling. Like that's the, yeah, like, everything was videotaped back then. You know. Yeah, that uh, that's a good story with that Cinderella show, too, is because, you know, we got the call. We had a day off. We get the day off. Fred says, come open for us. We, you know, hightail it to St. Louis. And then uh, a couple days later, we're in Akron, Ohio, and uh, we show up and Earth Crisis is playing. And for some odd reason, all of their opening bands couldn't make it. And so, like, basically, that's you right. know, they were clamoring for a band to open. And we're like, well, we're here and our gear is in the parking lot. You know, so we got to open for Cinderella, and like two days later, we opened for Earth Crisis in the same week. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's that's really funny. Yeah, that was some fun <laughs> stuff. But yeah, we I mean we played some some great shows. You know, I mean, like everybody from like you know Limp Biscuit and Stuck Mojo and like those early Drowning Pool shows. I mean, we played with yeah, some, you know, tons, tons Big Blue Monkey, which became a Story of the Year. Yeah, played huge. Uh, we played with them quite a few times. Yeah, Big Blue Monkey and Low Cash. You know, huge people that are still huge in music to these to this day. You know, we played shows yeah. with back then. You know, even uh, you know Chris when he was in Cut Love Kill. You know, those those type shows. You know, yeah, biggest yeah, band totally. out there and stuff. So. So yep. it's great stuff, but so overall, you know, you were you were happy with uh, with where did all the sunshine go? I mean, obviously, it's it's pretty raw. I mean, even like you know, Perfect World has like one of the biggest bass flubs I have on, recorded ever, you know, <laughs> in that song and stuff. But I mean, I think it's you know, human error and uh, you know, kind of gives it just kind of gives it that quality of yeah, you know, it just all, makes it real, you know. Yeah. I mean, you mess up, you mess up all the time, you know. It's no big <laughs> deal. It doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Yeah. Well, and it just gave something, you know, it was something for the people, too, because they kept asking for, you know, when are you guys going to record a record? When are you guys going to record a record? You know, and it's like people people kept wanting the material. And that yeah. was that was one of the main reasons why I was, I was so happy to finally have a, an album out to give to people. Well, I think, too, when you look back on it, it's could you imagine putting a band together now and not putting out a record for three years, you know, without, you know, you know we had demos and stuff floating around, but we didn't ever have anything official out. Yeah. And, and you know, for, right, right. for any band to, to wait almost three years to put out their first demo, you know, their first CD is is, is pretty mind boggling. Yeah, I can't I, I can't believe it took that long. Yeah. Know, back when back when you guys first got me in the band, I had the demo. And uh, I guess it was the one that Fred did, right? Yeah. With, uh, with Poopy on it? Yeah, Fred, yeah, with Poopy on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, so, you know, when you guys wanted me to join, I, I I wore that demo out, and it was such a great, different sound, you know? It had a, 
it had a little bit of life of agony to it, you know, and it yeah. was just it was just groovy and heavy and deep and low, and the tones were awesome. And I was like, man, this is just what I want. This is what I want to do. Because back, back then, you know, I was in this in band Skillethead, which was kind of a more of a punk rock thing, and I fronted it and played guitar. But it was it was cool for what it was. But I just really felt I fit more in the 12 volt vibe yeah you totally did it was a you know i i remember going over to your house and you had you actually i think your audition your quote-unquote audition was you know you on an acoustic guitar playing along to the you know the tape and i was like oh, he's oh in. yeah <laughs> you know i was like oh he's wow, in <laughs> wow i totally forgot about that man yeah that's crazy <laughs> looking back on all yeah. that but uh and uh so okay. up coming up next we've got wake up and i know you had a huge part in writing that uh what do you remember from writing wake up Oh, well, the funny story about the intro to that one, uh, that I, I wrote that intro part, I think when I was about 12 or 13 years old with back when I was listening to a lot of Testament, very, it was very testimony to me sounding, but uh, I had a buddy that also played guitar really well. And I was like, I kept hearing this other part in my head, this harmony to the root, to the melody that I was playing. I was like, it doesn't sound like it's going to fit, but let's try it. And I finally had somebody else to play the harmony part to that i was like and it sounded so weird and cool together and i was like how does this even work how is it even possible <laughs> so that riff you know i just dug up from the past and i was like you know I've, I've got i've got another guitar player here that can pull it off you know so let's try let's try intro in that you know to the song yeah <laughs> and then you know what I, I remember writing uh with trey and everybody in the rehearsal space for the, the part that kicks in. I've actually got a tape that I heard the other day that was part of the old practice from when that song was fresh. Like we oh, had wow. just written and it was so slow. <laughs> it was so <laughs> slow and like really basic. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that just really shows you how much, you know, you play it over and over again and you, you perfect things and you get the right tempos and, yeah, so I, it was really cool to hear that old school version of that song. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. All right, man. And then uh, just, you know, your parting comments on just like that whole uh, that whole time period, you know, to anyone that's listening. Oh, man, it was just it was such a great time. You know, we were young. We were ready to go on the road. It didn't it didn't matter how prepared we were. I was pretty much settled at the time. You know, I, I think I was I believe I was married at the time, too. Mm-hmm. Mistake. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it was so great to be able to just take off. And, you know, we all had our jobs. We all just requested to have you know, two weeks off here. And we just, we'd schedule two weeks. And you'd get on the phone, I think, and did most of the booking yeah. for the shows. And we'd just take off and just go perform and go have fun and, and do what it's all supposed to be about. You know, just go out and play live, play music and, and entertain people. And back then, that was just, you know, that was a highlight of the of our youth. You know, go perform. Go play, go tour, go see the country, eat beanie weenies, and, and, and <laughs> starve, starve for a while. You pay the dues. Yeah, pay your dues, definitely. Yeah, that band right there was the band I paid the most dues at, for sure. <clears throat> definitely a lot of dues paid in that band. Well, Cody, yes. th- thanks for taking the time tonight. And uh, Anytime. Everyone out there, the song is Wake Up.
the worst that I feel lots of time slipping back to a thing from the other things I'm fine's gone Hit the blink of an eye wide I'm always left in this back of few states Nowhere to go, but that comes with the force Inspiration, a break with my mind To a mental confrontation All this time takes its toll on my face Love break That's soon to come Wake up Turn up the day gone Test me upon That's soon to come Wake up Turn up the day gone Test me upon Depressed, deranged, I'm legally insane My brain is a mess, I need a drink to think Cause I got nothing but time And things on my mind Somehow I gotta find some kind of reason to this rhyme Rush, I'm building to a clock at the can No way to know when I'm back from my eternal intermission So I'm gonna live it up now Cause I think I could be living my life again Everything's perfect I could be done around for That's all to come So now I'm gonna take on Test me, I'm on John, we just heard Wake Up. I appreciate you coming on the 12 Volt Negative Earth Where Did All the Sunshine Go listening party, as you would say, for a, for a CD that came out 16 years ago. So, so I appreciate you awesome. taking some time, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, man. It was one of my favorite records that came out. Just um, with all the local rock stuff that I was doing it, at that time, it, it was Nashville's rock station, uh, 103 KDF. It was such a breath of fresh air. You know, um, we knew I knew that Nashville was going to rise up and there was a great indie rock scene and the metal scene had been there, but not at the level that you all had put it uh, had put on 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 CD. And uh, it was just I thought that the record you, you all cut just really encapsulated the energy, the sound, um, 
and just what Nashville rock was all about um, that hadn't been captured on record prior to that time um, and the youthful energy. And I hate to say that because we're all, we're all really young. Um, <laughs> no, we're still young. Yeah, we're all really young uh, when that happened. And when I was uh, running the local rock show, the Nashville tapes at that time at 103 KDF, it was just, just balls to the wall, dude. This album is, is just the bomb and everyone needed to know about it. So crazy time. And, you know, we've, I, I just chatted with Cody, you know, earlier on this podcast about, uh, you know, it was very strange. Uh, you know, the band kind of came together in 96, but we didn't actually officially put out an album until 99. So I couldn't imagine a band, you know, even these days of just being together for three years and, and then finally putting out a demo, you know, that's a, such a, such a long time period in between the, the formation and the actual putting out of the CD. But that's what it was back then, you know, back before, you know, uh, YouTube and <laughs> Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. It was just really, uh, it was really about honing your craft and selling merchandise and putting on a great live show. And, you know, the, the CD, the EP that had come out, um, you know, bands were really starting to do that. It was getting to be more affordable, but of course we were, you know, we were it was just one of those things where it still was ex an expensive prospect to cut a really good record um and burn it on cd for the fans my my i'm sorry my my texts are just blowing up right now but um it's it was it was an it was still an expensive prospect and you guys sold a buttload of records man you know yeah, we only initially pressed a thousand, and we sold out of those thousand. And you know, due to poor financial uh, planning, you know, we we never pressed it again. So, so if anybody out there actually has a physical copy of Where Did All the Sunshine Go, that's one of one thousand. I do. Yeah, you go. I still have it. <laughs> there you go. I still have it. It's a it's a yeah. it's a collector's item, out of print. Yeah, man. It was a uh, it was great, man. And the response that we had um, at the radio station was great. Fans loved it. Uh, a lot of requests for it. You guys were just a great act to see around town. Once again, it was just the energy. It was real. It didn't sound, it didn't sound contrived at all. And a lot of bands were trying to be this. And, you know, you, you, it still happens. You know, they're trying to be this. You guys had, you know, kind of your own thing going. And uh, even, you know, your band and my band actually shared a rehearsal space for many years. <laughs> yes, we did. Which was, Great, which is around that time, and and our band was kind of like you know SoCal pop, you know pop rock kind of no doubtish kind of thing, and we had elements that came from other bands, but you know no one in in Nashville sounded like your band, like Twelve Volt. No one in Nashville sounded like our our band Mink. You know it was just a really cool, a really cool thing. You know, yeah, it was definitely so. a fun time for music too. It was definitely a very diverse time for music, and to where I think a lot of a lot of bands tend to sound the same, you know, even if it's just due to, uh, you know, pre-programmed drum sounds and pre-programmed guitar sounds, you know, they, they end up, they pretty much end up all sounding the same to me. I don't know if it's because I'm old now and, and all new music sounds the same or if it truly does sound the same because, you know, everyone's using the same, same tones. Right. Well, you know, a lot of processing started to come into play uh, during that time. It was in its infancy, especially guitar sounds and, and drums, but, um, and there were a lot of other great rock and metal bands in Nashville. Um, and I really did think, I really did, that 12 Volt was going to break out and Nashville was going to be known for, at the time, um, you know, the sponge bath record scene was, was really happening in Murfreesboro. Yeah. And it was very much college 
underground kind of thing. There wasn't a whole lot, you know, it was alternative college rock, not mainstream per se, but, you know, bands, um, bands had that indie rock kind of, kind of sound. And, uh, it definitely wasn't the metal, um, that was coming from music city. It was, uh, that was definitely a, a different thing. You know, one of the bands coming out in, in that time period was self, and they were great. I mean, it, it was not 12 volt, you know, so like self kind of broke it, you know, the honey rods had come out and had that kind of uh, more commercial alternative rock appeal. Will Owsley had an album that, that came out that was more along the lines of like the, the pop alternative. Uh, we were doing things, um, you know, with my band Mink that, that was very pop, pop rock esque. And there was a lot of female fronted rock and singer songwriters still, but uh, 12 volt was definitely on the on the the hard rock edge and what i thought was great about it is that it w- it had great hooks and it was commercially viable like for me when i was looking for bands to play on the nashville tapes and the and in 103 kdf it didn't sound like it was out of place at all you know what i mean yeah it had that it it still had that energy that rawness but it still had that commercial appeal that um that bands out of Atlanta, and you know what I'm referring to, you know, the TVT bands and bands yeah. out of Atlanta that were doing really, really well. <laughs> yep. um, that started to bubble up, and we're all friends with those people, so it's all it's all really good. But um, I felt that Nashville and that you guys were definitely trying to kick the doors down, and, um, and you were you guys were pretty close to showcases. We were close, we too. We actually showcased for TVT. We showcased for uh, a couple other labels too, but yeah, TVT was one of the big ones that uh, that showed interest in us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, you may not have known that, but I did. Um, it no, was, it was uh, t- it was tough. I really think that like a lot of the times that we would, when we would showcase for labels, we would just have the worst shows possible. You know, just like nerves and everyone's trying to do, you know, doing the best show possible. But you know, we would have a we would play a show in like Wichita, Kansas for five people, and it'd be like we were playing an arena. We were never a consistent band when it came to showcasing for for labels. You know what's really funny um, as we talk about showcases. What's funny is the fact that no matter what, uh, the bands would always would always put, and we did the same thing when we were showcasing. We put so much pressure on ourselves because at the time it's like we got to get this deal, yeah. we got to get this deal, and then the best shows happened when we didn't even think about it. Right. And I know you guys were saying because we would we would hang out at the same clubs, we would play the same venues sometimes, doing do, doing showcases and 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 big bills and stuff like that, and I, I think we can just chalk that up to being young. Yeah. You know, when you're younger, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to, to perform. And really, we didn't, you know, to go back to your Star Wars episode, we didn't let the Force just come over us and take <laughs> over and just let I You know what I mean? It's like one of those things where we just should have just relaxed a lot more and enjoyed the time we had a lot more and let the music flow. And I think that's what bands like Seven Dust did. They, they really... Uh, they really were just naturals. I yeah. felt, you know, I, I felt that they were just naturals and they, that's why they ended up succeeding. And, and, and a lot like with the, the Murfreesboro scene too, uh, in the late nineties, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of what happened. But, uh, yeah, man, a lot of fond memories though, but everybody at, at KDF really liked your record, man. And, um, you know, we were just waiting for the time that you get picked up and, you know, and it is what it is, but, uh, it was a brilliant record. I appreciate it, man. Your drummer, Richie, yeah. and I, well, I was friends with everybody, but I was friends with Richie, and he 
let me listen to the record and I was like, dude, I was, I was just blown away. And then you and I got to, you know, uh, to talking and stuff and, and Jason and everybody, we did a listening party. We played the whole record, if I'm not mistaken, in KDF, uh, that one Sunday night. Yeah, I think we played either the whole record of this one. Or I think we might have might have been baby steps that we played the entire record of because I've got that. I've actually yeah. got well, I've actually got that recorded somewhere. The actual whole the whole interview is recorded. I might have to throw that out as, an, as a separate podcast later on. Oh my gosh, if you have that? That would be one of the that would be so awesome because there's so many of those interviews I didn't you know I didn't record. Yeah, and I would have loved to turn that, but um. But that uh, we I did okay yeah we did do baby steps I was thinking we did this one too that's how shot my memory was at the time <laughs> we were just all rock at the time but um I I remember that record I remember did you guys have that CD release party at Lucy's it was IndieNet <laughs> it was IndieNet at the time yeah but we had it at IndieNet Indie at the time oh yeah my God. you see it all makes sense man it was just it was just so much fun you know that was like at the time period you know too where you know IndieNet held 187 people and our shows at that point were getting to the point where they were actually physically locking the door to the front door yeah. to not let anyone else in until someone left like if someone left then another person could come in and some of those shows and you just get so many people in there and it was crazy and then we pretty much graduated straight from IndyNet straight into 328 and selling out, you know, a yep. thousand tickets. It was crazy. I'm glad. I'm glad that the, the local radio stations really took to the record. You guys got, um, you know, airplay at Vanderbilt, which was a great indie radio station. Of course, you know, at KDF because of me, we got in there and and, and uh, Leslie Hermsdorfer, who was also doing the show at the time. I think it was actually Leslie that that brought me. She brought me in and started playing you guys, and then I played you guys even more after she left. Right. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And in the Nashville, dude, the 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 Nashville crowd just ate it up, man. And the, we don't have the distractions. We didn't have the distractions back then that we do now. Right. So everybody that would keep IndyNet, man, it was a it was a really good scene, really great people, great fans, lovers of, of, of great rock, and they appreciated you guys just leaving it on stage every time you went uh, on there. It was just it was those those were great shows. And they would buy merch too. They they weren't afraid to, to plunk down on some twelve volt t shirts. Yeah, know? I think the first time that we ever made t shirts, they were so late in the game. Like I, we played maybe a Friday night and they the t shirts got done and I mean, boxed up and were handed to me at like six o'clock. I drove straight to IndyNet, walked in, opened the box up and sold them out like immediately. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. fun. Those are that's great when you can, you know, you make so much money on merchandise the first night that you can actually afford to buy more merch the next gig. <laughs> you, yeah, know? Right. Uh, you know, yeah. instead of having to carry a whole bunch of Tupperware tub full of this shit you can't sell. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, the the one the one great story about the the twelve volt CD release party for this album was uh, we we play the show, uh, you know, collect the money, sell tons of CDs. We get back to Richie's apartment and we just kind of like laid out the the money like on his floor to count it. Oh, we, were, we were like you know like a like a mobster movie or something. It was so crazy. Oh, it was great. No man, those were those were the days, man, and um, and, and great indie rock venues too. Yeah, you know, not. Now, I mean, Nashville has changed a lot, but uh, but you guys were definitely integral into that, and I think the fans really appreciated the fact that you would take the time to hang out after the show or have a post-show party or whatever it was. You 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 guys really were um, a lot of fun to hang out with, and you were always accepting of other bands and and helping new bands get get along and get around and and do gigs and tours, um, and that was a camaraderie that that. 
a few of us had that helped really build the scene. So I think that 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 cornerstone, that that record um, coming out, um, you know, sound, ha, you know, c- capturing that sound and and having that uh, that cover of the uh, the shout, the cover that you guys did on that record, <laughs> cover right? shout. You yeah. guys put that on the record, right? Yeah, it's on the it's on the end of this one. It's at the end of this podcast too. <laughs> so great. It's so great. I remember hearing that going, dude, this is great. And of course, like Disturbed ripped it off like a few years later. <laughs> right. <laughs> whoever it was. I mean, Get all disturbed. I just, of course, they're going to, yeah, they're, they're probably going to kill me now, but um, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think it was great, you know, and I think um, I'm just glad that you guys, you know, still are able to talk to each other about stuff and, and have grown and, um, and uh, it's definitely a piece of rock and roll history that may or not be, uh, may or may not happen again. You know, it was a very special time in Nashville rock history, and I wish that more people were clued in to the talent um, that was there. Um, you know, starting with you guys. So well, I definitely appreciate so, that. That's a that's a nice way to, yeah. to end this little segment. <laughs> Well, John, I definitely appreciate you taking the time once again. This will be like I think your third appearance on the Talk to Me podcast, so uh, I think dude, anytime, to- <laughs> dude. Anytime, dude. I love the show. Subscribe to it on Stitcher, and uh, you know it's great to hear all of your friends and talk music and pop culture. I think it's it's, it's great, man. And congratulations for having the podcast be old enough to drink now. So <laughs> yeah, go get some drinks. This is episode 24. <laughs> 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 all right, everybody. Uh, coming up next, we've got Sunburn Dirt. And uh, so if you have any questions or comments for 12 Old Negative Earth, who is in the studio right now, actually. Timmy, you want to say something? No? That's fine. 737-1029 if you have a comment for these up-and-comers. Right now, we're going to hear another song from the CD. This is called Sunburned Dirt. And this CD actually was on your uh, Where Did All the Sunshine Go yeah, album. Yeah, the, the well. song actually was on the Where Did All the Sunshine Go album. <laughs> Not <sorry>. the CD. <laughs> Let's go, not the super dirt They come to take my soul Stripping my blood for some of What they've left now I'm mad Walking west, walking late Told me I know religion That was Russian Brothers Now it's right You don't sit around and yourself What in the world could have been I like my trumpeto like this Every day of the campaign Like a child who's had his throat Shaking and in a way I look to live without a voice and I'll never crawl Back to the wall To start again Give this thing one more chance My monster car Stretch too far Still fly so long Back Something in me Wants to rip out Nation to let it go Now it's time to look back and count for all sins I knew the love between father and son I never knew the love ran so deep Every day I'm forgiving 
All right, we got Trey Suter on the line. We just came out of LCD and uh, Sunburn Dirt. Trey, I know you wrote the lyrics on Sunburn Dirt. You know, just kind of go over. I did write that, those fucking lyrics. <laughs> you did write those fucking lyrics. What do you remember about writing those lyrics? I remember writing those lyrics uh, literally the uh, the night before they were recorded. That's what I remember about those uh, lyrics. We had that song written, and uh, I remember we were recording the uh, we were recording the album, and we were going to cut the vocals for it the next day. And I remember I sitting there wrote them, and then I had to uh, show Jason the vocals, and I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Jason had ever even read the vocals or heard the melody that I had in my head until right before they recorded it. If I'm not mistaken, I think we woke up crazily early in the morning, but Sunday, we went and got McDonald's. I remember, I think that was the last time I ever had McDonald's breakfast. And, uh, well, the, 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 the platter with the, with the hotcakes anyway. I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> that was the biscuit sandwich, egg McMuffin croissant, whatever the hell they got, but. The full platter breakfast. But anyway, we got there, and uh, due to uh, Flippity Dude that was recording us, I remember we got there crazy early. Oh, my God, it was stupid. I, I think it was like 9 o'clock or something ridiculous because we were really crunching it at that point in time. And I'm sitting there at the front uh, the front of IndyNet right there by the street, and I'm sitting here, and it's like, no, 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 it goes like this. But you don't sing like that. That's where Cody sings. You gotta go, and we kind of went over that, you know, a couple times and over and over, and then and he went and got the vocals to it. It, was, it, uh, it actually turned out what I remember. Cody particularly, we played that song a lot, and uh, he was listening to it. And it's just like, man, I just I just don't get the song. And I was like, I know because you haven't heard the vocals or the lyrics <laughs> I had in my head over it all and then finally i was glad once it finally everybody got to get to hear the vocals and the lyrics and then finally it made sense but yeah i can vaguely remember i almost felt like i was there at some point for that and i just remember you kind of like almost yelling at jason like no it goes like this <laughs> you know yeah it no, just I, like it's very particular i had something very particular in mind for sure all right and then i believe i guess the oldest song on this album is uh the you know lcd the lowest common denominator you know, that was an old That's Adrenaline Hammer song. Thinking. Yeah, I know. That was the only song that uh, made it from the Adrenaline Hammer days. That is the only song that originally featured Travis Howell on drums that made it over there. And uh, I'm trying to think of, I guess, yeah, that was always its name. Um, but, yeah, yeah that, that was like the, the oldest song that just kind of hung on there for dear life. <laughs> LCD, the lowest common denominator. You know, and me always trying to work in being a uh, math pathologist into <laughs> right. uh, heavy metal. You were way ahead of your uh, time, yeah. sir. I was always trying to – I was thinking about that song, and I was like – I was just like, who came up with the riffs of that? I mean, if it was Adrenaline Hammer, I guess I wrote the entire thing because I essentially wrote everything in Adrenaline Hammer except for, like, the, like those – those little sappy songs that Jason wrote that we used to play, <laughs> Why Not Me and all that crap. Yeah. You know? I just remember like an early demo of LCD where it had that like country twang intro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh goodness me, was that on Stress's Fuel? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, that was probably like pre. When are we gonna have the Stress's? When are we gonna have the Stress's Fuel playthrough? <laughs> that's what the that's what the real fans are waiting for. Right. They're tired of this mainstream commercial mess. 
Right. <laughs> who needs where did all the sunshine go? You got to get the raw demos. <laughs> who needs that? We can have a blank tape that somebody hustled you in, in uh, Evansville, Indiana. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, Evansville, Indiana. And yes, that did happen. You know, <laughs> selling blank tapes as 12 volt albums. Beer don't pay for itself. <laughs> so what do you remember about recording where did all the sunshine go uh i remember having a blast that's all i remember and uh i remember it was awesome we got all of our friends to be into it um we got bart d to for shaking an egg yes uh, <laughs> uh we got Shauna uh, singing at the end of uh, Big Hands to Small Mouths. Or is it Small Hands to Big Mouths? Well, it's Big, Big Hands, Hands to Small, small Mouths. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, sounds better. Um, and then, of course, uh, the dynamic duo as Vision Steve from Third Degree Burnout uh, helping us out with vocals and awarded all the sunshine gale. And also uh, helping us with the intro part. Seems like that was probably my favorite part, which, and, and I'll go ahead and toot my own horn once again i am absolutely amazing so it doesn't matter but i came up with that intro where we all <laughs> sat there and did the uh, the chant in the reverb room right which kicks off the entire album uh it was genius pure genius i don't know what else to say uh, on my part too i don't know you, you, it, this album wouldn't even have gotten made had it not been for you so uh, I know, I know, I know. You all individually owe me billions of dollars. I don't know, <laughs> I, it, and an incalculable amount of money. You couldn't, you couldn't calculate it. You'd have to invent a calculator. I would have to be, since I'm the genius, I would have to invent a calculator to come up with the amount of money that you guys would owe me. Oh man, that's how that would go. I think if we somehow get screwed in that, I think that's a little biased. Yeah. Okay, so either way, we all had a blast. Now everybody had like their ideas that came through, and everybody was like kind of into the recording process, and everybody was being very creative about recording. It was like we were really kind of thinking about the entire album. It wasn't just like song, 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 song. You know, from the from the the, the Beethoven fade out and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, it was you know all that stuff just kind of made it sound like an album. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a fun process, you know, beginning to end. And we definitely, uh, you know, back then, 12 yeah, volts. I don't remember anybody getting pissed at each other. I don't I don't ever remember getting mad about anything like it's normal. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely <laughs> a fun process. Uh, my favorite part. Uh, no, 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 no. That's not my favorite part. My favorite part of recording is when I, you guys all tracked without me. And then I came in to track afterwards. Uh, it's just, you know, how the schedules were meeting up. And then I came in, and I'm sitting there, so I'm tracking by myself, and everybody else is in the control room. And <laughs> Cody's in there, and he goes, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I'm going to count four, and we're going to kick it off. And I was like, I'm going to count four? I was like, man, that's pretty creative. <laughs> and I remember him just being like, fuck you, man. <laughs> but, no, I remember uh, sitting there having a blast. I also remember mentioning Steve uh, getting – Squirky on computer cleaner before they turn the vocals to. <laughs> <laughs> God. In the back, I'll have, my, my, I have an image burned in my brain of Steve just tilting his head to, in a, like a 45 degree angle and just like, <laughs> and just like taking that thing with a computer cleaner that homeboy had sitting around over there. So yeah, it was a blast. But what do you remember about like uh, shows that we played around this uh, around this time period? Oh, Lord. What was that? Early 99? Yeah, 99 um, into 2000. 
shoot. I just remember playing a lot. We played Exit In a lot. Yeah. It seems like. It seems like we're playing Exit In a lot more. Um, was that around, was that the year, I know we did two 328 shows, uh, or three 328 shows. I know we played with, did we play with Disarray or Piranha? Piranha. Piranha. Is that who stole your bass fuse? Probably. I just remember playing with a horrible metal band, and they totally stole your uh, your bass fuse, and uh, later on uh, uh, admitted it, you know, <laughs> as they should, but... You know, whatever. Yeah, we played a few shows. We played the one with uh, Java Christ and Utopia State. You know, played, uh, and then we headlined, you know, later on. But yeah, we definitely, you know, rose up from the ranks of, you know, selling out IndyNet to, to big shows at the Exit Inn to, you know, big yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if a heavy band came through the uh, the Exit Inn, we were pretty much like the opening band there for a little while. There was, let's see, I'm trying to think of all the bigger bands we got around there. There was them, there was Nothing Face. Did the hurt, you know, Hay Breeze, Earth Crisis, and yeah, that was at the eighth day. Those were some really good shows. Those are fun shows. And also, shoot, I can't remember who is the guitar player that's in Fozzy. What's it? What was his band? Stuck Mojo. Stuck Mojo. Didn't we open for Stuck Mojo at Exit End? Yeah, we played. I think we did two shows with them at the Exit End. Both times and what they was came that Other band that Richie really liked that we opened for too. Is that the urge? Pat was into him big too. The urge. Yeah. The urge, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that not my thing, but no. you know, not not a lot of things are my thing. So <laughs> you know, we could play with most people. It was we had a wide range of people we could play with. You know, even like a yeah. even, you know, a pre signed drowning pool, you know, trading out shows with them in New Orleans, things like that. Yeah, we hung out with them and uh Fruit Loopity uh guys from Atlanta. What's her what's the what's the band name? Um, was that Seven Dust? Seven Dust, yeah! Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, seven, oh dust. seven Dust. Yeah. Grammy, yeah. Grammy nominated. Grammy nominated. Were they really Grammy nominated? Yeah, they're they're up for a Grammy this year. This year? Mm-hmm. They're Grammy nominated this year. Yes. For what? Nah, they just put out a new album. They got a they got a nomination. Actually, it was funny. Jason brought up the you know the trip to to open for Downset, the forty hours in the van to make thirty bucks or whatever. Best time I ever had. The best time I ever had on tour. I hated every other time on tour, every minute of it, but I loved that trip to Arizona. That was a fun trip. I loved that trip to Arizona. Yeah, we broke down in Texas, changing a little radiator hose, and um, I remember uh, playing the change game on the way back (laughs) for a free (laughs) tank of gas. (laughs) (laughs) Went in there, uh, gave the dude some money, and then I asked him for change. He gave me the money right back, (laughs) filled up the tank, and we split Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, dude. You probably <laughs> lost your job in Phoenix. <laughs> oh, man. They've got a special place in hell for me, I tell you, man. Fun stuff, man. So what do, you, do you remember anything else from that time period that you want to get out there? Uh, oh, I mean, man. it was just a fun time. Like, I, you know, that was, you know, we were all young, dumb. I think the best thing I really wish. I think the most fun was the fact that there's a point when the hallway at the the practice room complex in Madison, essentially every heavy metal band in Nashville and Cinderella were all in a row. 
And on any day of the week, you could go out there, get a 40 at the corner store, roll down there, and just stroll and just, like, hang out with, like, every heavy metal band in Nashville. And everybody was cool. Everybody just kind of hung out with each other. There was pretty egoless there. Um, it, 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 it was, like, just such, like, a, a fun time where it's, like, now it seems like we have – there's just so much music now. There's so many genres, so many subsets. And now – it's like when you put together a show, you're really kind of looking to have like genres kind of mean. You're trying to, you know, people are into this kind of thing, this kind of thing. Back in the day, it's like it seemed like a lot of heavy stuff. Everybody was kind of intertwined and friends and were in each other's bands and things like that. But that was a uh, that was a fun time at the at the uh, at the public storage in Madison. <laughs> good old Mad Side. For sure. And uh, just you know. It was a good time. Kind of the, the takeaway from all this, and, and uh, we'll get into the next couple songs momentarily. But you know, overall, were you happy? Were you happy when you got uh, the Where Did All This I remember when the mastered version came out. You guys wanted to play it in the damn CD player of Sir Pete, and I was just like, "You have lost Esther out of that right now." <laughs> <laughs> like we have poured our blood and sweat into that. We had that disc in one other. There were two other. There was one that uh, Jimmy Johnny uh, uh, flip flop. Uh, engineer, recording dude, whoever wasn't Chris, the yeah. the other guy. What was his name? Uh, Chris was the guy that ran into name. What was the engineer's name? Uh, Kenny. 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 You see that? You see that? You see that memory? That's nice. That green day. Stay off that cocaine, kids. And you'll Kenny Hastings. Like I remember uh, I protected that thing with my wife. I remember the first time I listened to it in the dark, beginning to end. And I was just like, I. <laughs> but yeah i mean we just put together also a special shout out to richie's grandma who paid the whole damn thing right we got her paid back as soon as we got back off the uh the midwest eli uh and steve going with us tour if i'm not mistaken <laughs> the hanging out, hanging out in kansas tour well there was the there wasn't just hanging out in kansas because that's when we went to go see uh origin open up for napalm death you remember yeah that? oh that was great and that's oh and richie just would not give me give me shit over my multicolored skull t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got degrading and hating and from big hands to small mouths coming up what do you remember about those two songs uh degrading and hating which one was that one that sound right yes i remember degrading and hating um was actually used to be called shut up yeah yeah really it was we were really like uh you know, trying to go on our 90s angst. We were just like, man, we're going to call this one Shut Up. <laughs> stick it to the man with this stick song right band. here, dude. We had a, uh, you know what, I actually missed that original version that um, Fred Curry recorded that had, like, all the preacher samples, and it was crazy slow. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but that was... Uh, I'm trying, I, was, I was trying to remember. I was trying to think about that. I was like, who came up with the riffs of that one? I remember that was nothing. We definitely were playing that when Jason Barnett was in. Yeah, yeah, that sure. was definitely. Uh, um, even looking back on it, like the baseline and stuff is just a. It's a very bizarre baseline, and and the the song altogether is, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very, all the stops and stuff like that. Yeah, which was it was it was kind of one of the uh, that was one of the uh, the blueprints for twelve volt. Very simple, very. You know, every like everything was just like a big rhythm. 
yes. movement, nothing, you know, it wasn't like some sort of, you know, shred festery. There was nothing, there was nothing really there to get in the way of just having a good time while listening to like some always like deeply non machismo lyrics. Yeah. Some really always like personal lyrics and very simplistic song. It was very accessible. And uh, that song uh, is, it was definitely like one of the blueprints for that our sound yeah i definitely agree with all that and then like from big hands to small mouths I, I vaguely remember us jamming that song out in the uh we practiced the total, in, total jam room yeah, yeah. You know. there was a lot of songs like that i mean i find like the early there wasn't a lot of contrived songs um i mean sunburn dirt was definitely one of them that was my baby that i had in the in the box but most everything else was like you know we would come up with the jams or something like yeah. that you yes, know, I mean, we, there were tons of stuff that was right like that. And I mean, I remember, I think I remember playing the first riff, just jamming around to that first riff of uh, Big Hands. Mm-hmm. And we all contributed it on that one. Yeah, I think um, a lot of our songs were a lot of, a uh, lot of, lot of like, hey, I have this riff. Oh, I've got a riff that can go with that riff. Mm-hmm. And we'll play it four times and then we'll play that four times. And, you know, and it, yeah, it, where did all the sunshine go will always be the perfect one that because that is me, you, and Cody each had a riff. Right. And I can still to this day uh, tell you each, each one. You know, Cody had the beginning one. I've got the second one. You've got the, the chorus, you know, or I guess the, like the third one or something like that. There's tons of stuff like that. Um, I'll never forget you bringing a guitar into Sir Pizza to show me the riff that we tacked on to the end of Sunburn Dirk. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. remember you, you, yeah, you brought in, you, it was Eli's guitar, I think, or something. I can't remember. And you were just, I came up with this riff. I think I want to put it at the end of Sunburn Dirt, which eventually became its own song. Yeah. On the the next the next the uh, the four piece EP that came out after that, but um, I'll never hear you showed me that and I mean learning it and I was just like it was it's just good. We will put it at the end of Sunburn Dirt. <laughs> you may put it at the end of Sunburn Dirt. Yeah, I wrote that riff at uh, yeah. my dad's house on Eli's old guitar and uh, it was very Machine Head. You know, at the time that mm-hmm. uh, whatever Machine Head album was out, yeah, that was one of my favorite riffs. Yeah, that had a good weirdness, weirdness to the rhythm to it, you know, and definitely deserved its own song. All right, and uh, just give me your last parting comment, and, uh, you know, maybe a shout-out to anyone listening that, uh, you know, your last words to them. No one's listening to this to me. Why do you think people listen to this? <sighs> because I've got, the, I've got the data that backs it up, homeboy. <laughs> no. Uh, what do you got, your Google Analytics? going on there i have i have charts i'm in analytics analytics (laughs) analytics i don't know i know i'm subscribed to them i know i'm subscribed to them i tell people about them it's like (laughs) listen you want to you want to hear you want to hear this dude interview all these crazy has-been dudes from the 90s it's like (laughs) you gotta get on talk to me that should be the commercial right there i think so i might actually start using that uh but no uh and, and seriously parting shot uh we had a blast, and it really took five people who pretty much gave up on doing all hobbies or anything else that they were interested in to do this. At, to just we're all focused on one thing at all, and uh, I don't know. It's a cool testament to uh, what you can get done when you just you you just work your damn ass out on it, and that's that's what we did, you know. And we didn't get dick for it, <laughs> to be honest with you, right. but. Uh, a shitload of awesome memories, I'll tell you that, and an absolute blast, and I'd, I'd do it a thousand times again. Shit.
Being in 12 volt to me was uh, 
like a dream come true. You know, I used to go and see you guys practice, and I would sit through, and I'd be like, oh, I want to be in this band so bad. And I got, uh, I remember I got snowed in at a friend's house one time, and we had a, we had a, like a demo of like the early, well, pre-12 volt was uh, when it was Adrenaline Hammer stuff. I had the tape, and we, played, we were playing yeah, video games all weekend, and uh, and we were playing video games over this, you know, while we were snowed in on a school day or whatever, and like we just played it over and over the tape, and I was like, oh man, I love this band so much, and then the bass player randomly didn't show up at practice for a few days or whatever the hell happened and i was like i'm a bass player and i got in the band and like it was it was a dream come true sir so what what's your memories of recording this album my memories of recording this album were uh i know we we did it like very quickly we did it uh you know it seemed like it was only like four or five days if that you know we we just kind of rushed through it did all the bass and drums together, and then they did guitar overdubs. Uh, you know, one thing I'll, I will say, I do remember recording this album and thinking, like, I had so much pressure on myself just thinking that this could be our kill em all or this could be our, you know, our debut record. And, you know, what, you know, people in 20 years are going to hear it and, you know, wonder what they think and all that stuff. And so getting this episode of the podcast together just, it made me think about, you know, all those times looking back on 20 year old me and just remembering freaking out about making this album and just just loving hearing it once it finally came out. Right, right, right. I remember all that stuff. Now, when we were on tour, you were 20 year old you. Yeah. Do you remember when you turned 21? Yeah, I do, actually. You on yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about uh, the pizza that we had in in that pizza place in Indiana, I think? I don't remember this story at all. <laughs> you don't remember that at all? You don't remember, like, like breaking into the, the pizza place of the the band? You know, the band played the house show. Oh, when we were playing in St. Louis. I don't think I was – I definitely wasn't 21 then, but that was – I was, like, 19 then. But, yeah, we they, they, they took us to, like, a pizza place that they, they worked at, and they, like, kind of broke in, you know – Un- not broken, unlocked the doors for us in the middle of the night and made us like pizzas. Yeah, and turn on the yeah. ovens. Yeah, yeah, turn on the ovens. But you know. Yeah, this is great. House party. We, we, we played a lot of house parties. We did. Right? You know, which, one know. Was your, which one was your... That's absolutely my favorite thing to do is play a house party. Right. The first which show we ever played favorite? was a house party. Um, oh, I, I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah. 20 miles to in, Mount, uh, Julia, Mount Juliet. Or something. Mount Juliet, yeah. Tennessee, for everybody out there. Uh, favorite house party I ever played. Um, I mean, actually, probably the one that you're talking about, the one in St. Louis. It was like, <laughs> looking back at it now, it was such a crazy thing because the house that we played was a house that they were they were renovating to like sell, and then they had a house party in the middle of it, which is probably very anti-renovation <laughs> of a house. Maybe they wanted to have the house party to help right, them right, estimate right. that maybe the demolition or whatever. But yeah, that was a fun that was a fun show. That was a great show. Uh, last question. All right, last question. Uh, last question. Uh, there's a lot of people in America that don't have maps. What would you say to those people that, that, that don't have maps? That don't have maps? Yeah, they, 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 they couldn't point out Cuba to you. I have no clue what I would say to them. What? Oh, God damn it. Come on. That's, this oh. is a Miss South Carolina thing. <laughs> Most folks in America don't have maps. Well, what I would say is roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Roads, uh, stapler. Yeah. <laughs> roads, stapler. 
Wow. So have I been a great guest on the Talk To Me podcast? You have. Guys, stick around. There's, there's lots more music to come. Um, this has been uh, Jason Carroll with uh, Joshua Toomey. More to come. More to come. Well, actually, I guess you know with this, with this segment, we'll finish out the record. So coming up is our cover of Shout. Shout. And don't forget, we're recording this shit for... Uh... This song we're about to play is going to be the secret track... At it's the not end. so secret now, is it's it? It's not so secret now. Well, kind of. But, well, to you guys, it won't be, but everybody else it will be. But this next song is going to be the, the uh, bonus track. And yeah, we got some, uh, some Billy Sean up here, too. We want some Billy Sean. Shout, shout, let it all out. Feels out of the Well, I'm talking to you. Come on. Shout, shout, let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on. Well, I'm talking to you. Come on. See if I can remember the words. Next times You shouldn't have to sell your soul In black and white You really, really ought to know Those who want track of minds They took me for a working boy Snap goodbye. You shouldn't have to jump for joy. You shouldn't have to shout for joy. Shout. Let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on. Well, I'm talking to you.
guys that was the 12 volt negative earth talk to me podcast special edition if you've made it this far it's almost two hours in and i appreciate everyone listening to the podcast it was a great great time putting this podcast together it was a little bit more of a labor of love than i thought it was going to be but actually it ended up being great getting to catch up with everybody getting to catch up with cody mccall trey Suter, jason carroll al john go and make sure to check them out and all the things that that they are doing now. Cody and Trey have a band together now. Uh, I believe it's as yet unnamed band. Jason's in Mindset Defect. And then you can always check out Al John Go with his many podcasts with his WDW Tiki Room, WDW After Dark, and his uh, wrestling podcast. So go check him out and let everyone know that you heard him on the Talk To Me podcast. So, until next Tuesday, with my interview with Bones from Stuck Mojo, which is a super interesting interview, and it went pretty crazy. So, uh, for the Talk To Me podcast, I am Joshua Toomey. Have a great week. See you Tuesday. <laughs>